0: Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is the Mac and Reed Show.
1: What's happening? Good evening, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. Remember to check out all of the Barroom Network programming here on YouTube. We're streaming live right now. All the previous shows are, of course, on YouTube. Or if you want to see our lovely faces, they're also on Spotify and iTunes if you just need the audio only versions. I'm Evan Mac. He's Ross Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at 311 Mac. And Ross can be found at Ross Reed, of course, for all his ramblings and hot takes and he's got a lot of them summer's here baby and how are you sir how you feeling
0: oh i'm good i got my my social disney shirt on this is a very uh post-covid family disney world uh shirt that my wife had made when we were went to disney after we were able to break free from the world and and all matching shirts so shout out to social disney
1: I love it. You got a you got a bit of a an echo in your voice too. It's interesting. Do I? To uh, yeah. the mic here. I don't think your room got bigger than <laughs> since the last time we did our show. While well, you mess with it, uh, I can go over the rundown for this show. Though we're talking bears' OTAs, of course, and uh, you know voluntary workouts, but. Defense already praising Justin Fields. Uh, No Nate Davis and Jalen Johnson. Is that cause for concern for Bears fans? Since it's uh, voluntary, we shall see what Ross has to say. There's an Aaron Rodgers story in The Athletic that Ross and I will dive into as well. A couple other NFL offseason storylines. And then, of course, the NBA Finals, man. What a matchup of the dominant Denver Nuggets, number one seed from the West, uh, just demolishing everybody in their path to uh, host game one against the heat who grinded it out and thankfully weren't uh, able to give it away to Boston. So this eight seed goes to the finals to represent the Eastern conference. And so that tips off Thursday. We'll talk about the uh, storylines leading up to that matchup. And of course the other NBA storylines for the losing Celtics and, and other stories around the league. Uh, and then summer blockbuster season we'll talk about that uh, to end the show as well which will be a bit of fun as the uh, one of the biggest ones is certainly the guardians of the galaxy end of the trilogy will become is is out now or coming out into the spider-verse sequel uh what's what blockbusters are you looking forward to and then uh, succession ended barry ended we got a lot of shows ending out here ted lasso is ending this week and um we'll get to that probably next week but a ton to get to uh so without further ado let's dive into it and again with with otas it's it's not terribly concerning um i know our our fellows greg gabriel and uh, aldo were talking uh earlier on about uh, what coach Aberfluce had to say basically and, and praising Justin Fields and, and well-deserved. Uh, and I'll, I'll quote Alan Williams in a moment as well. But what was interesting to me, I wanted to lead with this too, before we even get to the praise of Justin Fields, it's been, it's been concern for some time. And, and Ross and you have, I have fleshed it out at length based on the draft and, and lack of moves in free agency, but our own Greg Gabriel uh, pointed out in a tweet about Aberfluce's presser, he said, quote, had to play it back fluces presser to make sure i heard what i thought i heard he basically said the bears are looking to add a pass rusher before camp if not sooner did not say who and did not say when uh is he just blowing smoke do you think there's some truth to this have they i mean they've been kicking the tires and clearly it's going to be vets or nothing at this point uh unless you know some guys get cut from another team and don't make the um even the practice squads but uh, as training camp approaches could uh could some vet enter the fold? You think, Ross?
0: Uh, I think one hundred percent. Is that is that a little better? By the way, on my echo, it's perfect. I was going to say, yeah, hey, we're back. You, um, Cliff's here. Bear down, Cliff. Bear down, Cliff. Welcome. Um, yeah, I, I think there's one hundred percent chance that the Bears are going to add uh, at least one vet, if not two vets. Remember, tomorrow is a key day. You got those June first cuts uh, coming in tomorrow, uh, so I think a lot of guys are going to be able to to hit the streets and looking for new jobs i think you know we see this every year we see big names get released every year as it gets closer to training camp um a because teams don't want to carry that cap space and b Um, teams also want to give some of these vets an opportunity to latch on to another team before training camp starts. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a business, but there's a personal side side to this business and guys have to get their families settled. You got to move sometimes halfway across the country. You got to get kids in school and stuff like that. And so teams want to give some, a lot of these guys opportunity, but there's still free agents out on the market right now who aren't even going to be released. You know, Yannick Ngakwe is still out there. Jadavian Clowney is still out there. These guys are veterans who are probably waiting until training camp, clamp starts for teams because they don't want to go through all this nonsense of otas and all that crap they just kind of want to show up do their job and 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 keep it going but i think there will be some bigger names hitting the market i think the bears are going to be involved i don't uh, love their defensive line depth right now. I think it was very telling today that, uh, you know, Eberflus, Aber, when he was talking about, you know, Travis Gibson, um, you know, he, he didn't really have many glowing things to say. He just said he's kind of a guy right now. He, he's he's here and he's a part of our rotation. And that makes me believe that as a whole, Eberflus probably doesn't like the depth of this defensive line. And nor should he. They, they don't have – Um, Many pass rushers on the ends, they obviously have rookies right now at the tackles. I I expect both of those rookies to start, but they need pass rushers, and and they need to get some veterans in here who can just pin their ears back and rush the quarterback. And I do remember the Bears still have a ton of cap space right now, and I do think that they'll be able to to make a free agent signing or two within the next uh, probably five to six, seven weeks.
1: You know, there's four valid options out there when you look at it. And we've talked about Yannick Ngakwe and, and Jadavion Clowney and Frank Clark, but I feel like we're not. It, it's been floated, uh, but certainly it might be a possibility as a reuni- reunited with Leonard Floyd, sure. who has played some, some great football out there. Um, and he's, you know, as far as rankings go, he's one of those uh, most sought-after pass rushers. He certainly played some of his best football with the Rams when he went – uh, over to play with them um, a couple years back. He's had 31 quarterback pressures, 59 tackles, and a and a fumble recovery. we in a season where he had nine sacks, so that's that's a lot, though. And and he would cost something pretty significant. You got to think so. Maybe a clowny is more of a bargain or an Ngakwe something like that. And and we know Coach Aberflus's relationship with the Ngakwe too in the past. So something to monitor. You know, nothing, not nothing to pull the trigger on, of course, right now, but. The headline of, of every practice and, and every camp uh, headline should be Justin Fields, as we know. And I know that Alan Williams uh, on the defense facing Justin Fields every day in practice. He said, quote, leadership, good decision making. I see improved accuracy. That's what you want in your quarterback and how fast he's processing from day one to right now. I see how he's grown and, and kind of what we teased on was this field's growth. And what we've talked about, how he's going to get that big payday that we saw Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson get and, and guys of that, uh, or Jalen Hurts as well, get that, that uh, big money payday, you're going to have to process pretty fast. You're going to have to take a pretty big jump uh, to be that way. And I know that Chase Claypool was absent, and again, this is voluntary. It's very early on, especially for these vets. Uh, you're not terribly concerned about that. But, but to see with those guys out there, to hear the defensive coordinator praising Justin Fields like that, you got to think there's definitely some sincerity to it, and uh, it's great to hear. And especially with these new weapons that Justin has, it's got to be like night and day where he won't be. And also was mentioned in, in Aberflus's presser, you don't want to see Justin go for a thousand yards, but somebody has to. And now the sort of trio of running backs they have uh, should be should be fitting the bill. And now these receivers and, and tight end should be able to take some pressure off of Justin Fields. But but what do you say to that about Allen Williams and and company praising the fast processing of Justin Fields so far, Ross?
0: Yeah, you know, it's... um sometimes you have to take these things obviously with a grain of salt. It's it's everybody's in the best shape of their life season right now uh, as, as we're all, you know, these guys are playing in in t-shirt and in and, and shorts right now and, and they're wearing shells and and little foamy things on the top of their head. But I do think there's some sincerity in that with Williams and as there should be. Listen, Justin Fields is going into now his third year as, as a quarterback. This is his second year as a starter Um, You know, we talked about this last week. This is also his second year in this Lugetze offense. And the game should start to slow down for him. He now knows how to train his body and train his mind and be physically and mentally prepared for the NFL game now because he's been doing this for you know this is this is going on his third season now, and so you know a lot of the stuff on the field that he sees should be able to, uh, to 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 come more to fruition for fruition for him, and he should be able to slow down. I think the biggest. Um, leap in his game going forward is going to be a lot what Williams talked about which is when 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 shit kind of hits the fan a little bit and, and and it's time to, to kind of get out of there and make a play. You don't really you don't really want to see Justin take those big runs anymore and, and potentially take those hits that really banged him up at the end of last year. Instead, you've got to rely more on the weapons that you have around you now because that, that whole situation has been upgraded. And you hope that he's able to get the ball the ball out of his hands faster. You hope that he's be able, able to check the football down a lot more. It's okay to take a four or five-yard pass and maybe your receiver can stretch it into an eight or nine, 10 yard run and i think that's going to be the biggest lead for him going forward not necessarily trying to bail out of the pocket looking to run for the first down but checking that ball down quickly seeing if your first one or two reads is not open down the field and you get rid of that football in an orderly fashion don't take those hits don't take those sacks no reason to to run out the pocket i think that's where the quick processing that they see is 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 there now and it's going to get better as the season starts. The other big thing that we can't really, uh, you know, take for granted, the res- the weapons overall is just so much better around Justin Fields, and so you know I we, I, I shouted out my guy Jonathan Wood last week because he had a he had a stat about David Montgomery. He had another stat this week on on his Twitter, you know, at Jonathan Wood on Twitter. Um, this is off the top of my head, but he said um, second last year in in targets on third down was Dante Pettis with twenty one. And of the 21 targets, only like God. four of them were went for first downs. They, he only caught four passes. Well, Dante was... Pettis should not be second on your team in targets for third down. That is just an absolute albatross situation. And so that's why DJ Moore is here. And that's why you got a healthy Chase Claypool and you got a healthy Darnell Mooney. You got Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon is here. And then you've got a three wide receiver situation, uh, uh, three running back situation situation. You need more options around Justin so he doesn't have to feel like he puts it all on his shoulders and runs for first down. He can quick process and get the football uh, out of his hands to one of these uh, these receivers or backs or tight ends and let them, you know, run with the football.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's important to remember that this is, with his development, not only is he getting older and getting more used to the speed, and, and it's very early on to be singing his praises, uh, you know, wait till week one against Green Bay, and uh, then I'll be a huge believer, but it, it's positive to see. And especially the guys around your football team are going to be the ones leading the way and, and stopping the slander saying that of all these people that are still saying out there. Uh, someone mentioned me after, after our clip was cut up of me talking about Justin, getting that contract saying he's just a, an athlete, not a, not a quarterback, something like that. The arm is there. You just got to give him the weapons and look at the, the depth of talent he had around him in Ohio state. And look at the opposite last year where, the team just had to change completely uh, around him, and, and for better or for worse, here we are now, and certainly for better, you have DJ Moore. You won't be in those situations that Ross pointed out where you're on third down and Dante Pettis is your best option, someone like that. Um, Cole Komet in a contract year is going to be important, and, and we'll see his development in OTAs and beyond. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the, the rest of this receiving core is going to be – really fun to monitor and see them. Uh, It's going to be crazy at training camp. I feel like the Bears fans are really going to come out uh, in droves, which they should. So on to the other side of the offense is no Nate Davis and in the defense for that matter, Jalen Johnson, um, which again, it being voluntary workouts, I know you'd rather see guys like out there on the practice field, but I, I do think that these both these guys are vets, and they've already slotted themselves in as starters, more or less. You're really waiting for training camp to kick into high gear. But is it a cause of concern for you to see guys like that? And Claypool, to a lesser extent, not being out there. What do you think, Ross?
0: Um, no, it's not a cause for concern. I am a little worried about the Jalen Johnson situation because I think he wants a contract, and I'm not sure. We talked about this yeah. last week. I'm not sure where he gets slotted at uh, on, on the money situation. You know, he, he's a very good football player, but he's not a great corner. Um, he's also a guy who has struggled to stay on the football field due to injuries. And and so, you know, we we saw this play out last year with, with, with Roquan Smith and Ryan Poles, obviously two different men, two different uh, positions. But you have to wonder where the value is. And if Ryan Poles draws a hard line in the sand, what does Jalen do? I do think that he will show up. Uh, at training camp. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any holdout or anything like that, but the guy obviously wants to get paid. Uh, I thought it was notable today that the coaching staff said that they, that he was uh, still in constant commu- communication with them. He was showing up in Zoom meetings and stuff like that and texting with them almost day, every day, and they said that they expect him there uh, sooner than later. Um, but, you know, when guys want contracts and they want money, the, you know, y- you have a high um, – there's a high risk for them holding out and, and, and for them uh, not showing up until they get that money. And, and you look at him, you look at Darnell Mooney entering contract years, Cole Komet is, is eligible for an extension as well. Um, Jalen of those guys feel like he's the one that could uh, cause a little bit of, of an issue down the line. And listen, more power to him. That's, that's part of the game. He, he has every right to want to do that. But you want all of your players, all hands on deck when training camp opens up uh, in, in, in just a few uh, short weeks, right, towards the end of the summer. Um, the Nate Davis thing, you know, um, the old school meatball, you know, football guy in me and says, you know, new guy, new football team. New system, new playbook, new everything. Don't you feel like you you would want that guy to be there right now? You want him to get acclimated to his new teammates, especially on an offensive line where you need all five guys to gel as soon as possible. Cody Whitehair moving back to center, as, as, as we found out, as we already knew that, but we found out today. And to the left side of him is going to be David Day. De- uh, I'm sorry, to the right side of him is going to be Nate Davis. And to the left side is going to be Tevin Jenkins. And you want that continuity early on. It'd be nice to see Nate Davis get there and get acclimated to his teammates in the situation. But, you know, he's a veteran. He's done this a, a bunch of times. Also, this is what the players collectively bargained in 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 this whole, you know, union situation. So they have every right to not be there. He better be there day one of training camp, of course. You know, I, I, you know and I expect him to be there. Um, it's just a little bit of a bad look in my opinion, when you just sign a new contract with a brand new team and you don't even show up to the OTAs. It's, it, it's not that big a deal for you to leave wherever you're at, California, Florida, whatever you hop on an airplane. They got really nice ones these days. They got first class seats and come on out to Chicago, come to Lake forest. They got beautiful gyms and facilities out there. You want to work out there. You want to bring your trainer with you, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You get a break from the wife and kids for a couple of days, and you go back home, and then you will see you again at training camp. So, um, you know, it, it's all mostly much to do about nothing, but I expect all these guys to show up for for training camp day one.
1: Are you concerned about Jalen Johnson, Nate Davis's absence? Remember, you can chime in on the comments uh, and tweet us at Ross Reed at 311 Mac and at Barroom Sports, of course. Uh, Cliff said Davis is familiar with the Bears' style of offense, still would like to see him. They're basically echoing what you're saying, Ross. And I echo yeah. I it too. And even more so, the, the thing that, that was missed, I think, is just the leadership. And sure. you're showing these young guys, and and it's a a line that is again looking different for the second year in the row in a row where you want to build consistency right away and you want to build that chemistry right away. So for that to already take a hit in voluntary workout, so to speak, which is, I feel like a largely um you know, like Coach Averflus was talking about, team-related, um, even though it's more of a skeleton team, defensive versus offense, etc. Uh, you still want to see your starters out there. But it's it's that type of thing where we're just not going to see certain vets go out there, uh, depending on on their mindset going into uh, the season. So, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. go ahead, Ross.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we said, it's something that they collectively bargain. So it's their right to not be there if they don't want to, Um, you know, and and it gives a lot of the young guys an opportunity again to flash and show that what they can do early on before these veterans show up and take the majority of the reps. And and speaking of young guys, um, you know, we kind of heard from today and and, and throughout the week, you know, rookie Tyreek Stevenson is, is having a really good he's starting to flash so far in OTAs. I mean, that guy very much could be your starting right corner to to start the year. It could be Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson. They said Jaquan, oh, not Jaquan. They said uh, Kyler Gordon is going to be going back and forth again between nickel and and outside. So it's good to see Stevenson come out there and and show that he wants to show up right away. This guy's got a high pedigree coming out of Miami. Um, you know, we, we we know the Bears drafted him. Uh, you know, fairly high up in the draft. Um, and so it's good to see him, you know, make a name for himself. He picked off Justin Fields today, uh, according to the media. And uh, it's it's good to see some of these young guys, you know, step in and make a name for themselves early on. A hundred percent, good point there, Ross.
1: And um, yeah, it's a long season upcoming. Where I understand the veteran standpoint, but this is also where these these younger guys got to get after it, right? And we start yeah. to see how they're feeling and and where they slot in because, you know, especially with the Jalen Johnson situation, if he does happen to hold out, how to hold out, uh, it's going to happen. And unfortunately, knock on wood, we start to see some players go down as early as training camp. So it's, uh, it's not unheard of. And and with the Bears luck, who knows, I'm not trying to put it out there. Uh, But Cliff asked, would you guys want to be panting on a field or playing with your toys and video games? That's a good point. Nate Davis of course is settling into summertime Chicago. All these guys who are new, acquisitions are are just loving it i'm sure right now but uh but it's got to go to work man but you could save it a little bit for training camp and who knows maybe maybe his his house is an escrow god forbid something weird like that (laughs) so uh ross any parting bears thoughts before we shift focus
0: no, just you know, it's it's good to see these guys back out there. It's good to see you know all the the, the Justin Fields, DJ Moore stuff. That's going to be the most important story going forward. Obviously, is oh, is boy. those two guys getting chemistry together and and keeping that connection going together. And uh, you know, we echo again what we said last week: stay safe, stay out of trouble, stay, stay off, of the trouble. Pol- stay off TMZ, stay off the police blotters. all that stuff. Have a good, happy, safe summer. Um, I saw a photo of Jordan Love on a on a boat the other day. Packers <laughs> new quarterback one started starting quarterback and yes, um,
1: keep him on that boat.
0: <laughs> he, he looked like he has been on that boat for a while and, oh. and not and not in the gym. He looked very, something on him. Let's he, go. <laughs> he looked very scrawny. He looked very uh, very weak. And oh, uh, I'm just happy that is not our quarterback. I'm happy Justin feels. Looks like he is a, a gift from God and Adonis. He looks like he's an extra in the movie 300. And uh, Jordan Love looks like a dude um, at El Jefe on a Saturday night. <laughs> it's like a guy
1: in River North you'd want to punch in the face. Exactly. It's, just, it's the guy you don't want to fuck with. Let's go, <laughs> exciting. Ross, you alluded to this Aaron Rodgers story in The athletics. So why don't you uh, bring the viewers and listeners in on it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, obviously – yeah, uh, that breakup wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna end well, and, and and I think we're starting to hear now a lot of uh, of he said he said. Uh, we're starting to hear you know getting coos the the general manager from from the Packers. We're starting to hear their side now. We're getting Aaron Rodgers' side. Who didn't text who back? Who didn't call who? Who's obligated to text or call back? It, it, it just obviously you know comes comes down to this. Aaron Rodgers is a very narcissistic human being. He's a very selfish human being. I think that he bailed on the Green Bay Packers after they paid him. I think that he was planning that all along. And he was, uh, you know, evidently pissed off that they drafted Jordan Love. and They didn't uh, decide to to bring in wide receivers to help him out. And he might have a, 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 a serious gripe with that. But he handled the whole situation very poorly, and I think he burned a, a bridge with a franchise that um, did him very well. And, and remember, they took a chance on him when they had their own Hall of Fame quarterback way back when he was drafted. And and uh, so I, I think the, the Green Bay Packers fans and the organization have to be a little upset with how this ended and how he's still kind of you know dragging this out, so to speak. You're a jet now. This is what you wanted. It's time to move on. Um, and, and, and the Packers certainly have some responsibility here as well, because I think that they enabled Aaron Rodgers throughout this process. I felt like they knew they had, that he had one foot out the door. They had Jordan love, you know, in the talk, they drafted him, you know, within the first round, they did not have to acquiesce to everything that Rogers, you know, said and wanted and anything like that. instead they did last year and look where it got them. They, it was a lackluster season. And uh, they didn't even make the playoffs. He didn't look good. They didn't look good. And then they had a very, very messy divorce uh, that is still going on right now. And I'm, I'm sure time will heal all wounds. I'm sure 15, 20 years from now, Aaron will be will be more than welcome back into Lambeau Field. No name a street after him. But for right now, if you're a Packers fan and you're part of that Packers organization, you got to be looking at this guy like, shut the hell up. Because you really, really have, have pissed off a lot of people on your way out. And it never should have been that way.
1: This is one of those situations where you separate that player on the field from that personality when he is off doing whatever he is doing in his personal life and beyond. And even, I don't know, in practices, we know when Aaron Rodgers is playing four quarters of football and when he was playing in a, in a Green Bay uniform, he was there to to just Ball out. And he did so repeatedly. Uh, and and has a again, his legacy is cemented in Green Bay, but we knew all throughout last year, was at the start of it, and then this tumultuous offseason that he was not happy for whatever reason, and neither were the Green Bay Packers. And you're never going to get the full story, you're never gonna get on the same page when you ask him how it happened, and then the Green Bay Packers how it happened this is again, just one of those off season headlines. I feel like where I, I just, part of me just says, put it to bed. And I get the athletic is, is um, unfortunately in the same, you know, time frame. they have to put out those stories that fill up the time until we do have more training camp headlines and then actually get into preseason and week one. Uh, but this, this all doesn't surprise me. And if I'm going to side with anybody, it's, Green Bay uh, because we know this personal life has just been kind of haunting Aaron Rodgers' reputation for a long time now. And it doesn't surprise me, but we should be focusing more so on, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers' health and now the start of the jet season. And the Packers should be focusing on getting Jordan Love off a boat and getting him into OTAs (laughs) and into camp and ready to rock and, uh, trying to be competitive in a very tough NFC North, frankly, right now. So, and you know, on top of that, the, the Jets, you know, most recent headlines out of their camp is they're optimistic of, about Aaron Rodgers' camp. Could you imagine if he misses time, if he aggravates something, and then this shit comes out? It's just more icing on the cake for for Green Bay, and and again, it's just that messy sort of divorce situation where, um, you know, either side is going to be left completely. Happy, you certainly. Aaron Rodgers gets the bag, and he goes and gets a new, um, a new start, so to speak. Kind of what Tom Brady was able to do, although they didn't leave on on similar terms. I would say, as far as you know, Brady in New England going to Tampa versus Rodgers leaving Green Bay to go over to New York. So it's it's puzzling. It, it just feels like there there's other storylines that could have been written about it, but uh, you know, for the green Bay faithful and and for the jets faithful, they they wanted to read something about this and and get a little more closure on it. But you know, for me enough is enough. Let's, let's see him. Let's see him in training
0: camp and move on. And the crazy thing is to kind of put a cap on it is the Packers actually need Aaron Rodgers to play at least 65% of those snaps this year for the jets or else they don't get that first round pick. And they really want that first round pick. So, um, you know, at this point, the Packers are kind of rooting for, their, for for Aaron Rodgers. It's clear that the Packers have moved on, and, and he hasn't. And it's, it's it's a little bit of a bad omen uh, as you're on a new team now, and, and, and you just can't quite let this go, even though this is exactly what you want. So I think all of everybody in football is just really tired of the Aaron Rodgers experience. And, um, you know, he, he's one guy that, you know, I think the majority of people, fans – Players, you know, uh, coaches alike, can't wait for him to retire because it's just it's it's exhausting. You know, watching him, you know, watching him, he, you know, hear him talk and stuff like that is exhausting. Even watching him at at the Taylor Swift concert over the weekend with Miles Teller is just like super annoying and stuff like that. And and he's trying really hard right now to keep his name and face in the limelight, and it's like, bro you just got to go win football games. I mean, this is this is a lot for a guy that has one Super Bowl ring in his career and has really underachieved for the last, you know, eight to ten years of his career. You know, he's letting guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and stuff like that beat him in playoff games. And so, you know, we'll see. He's in a tough division right now. I don't see Josh Allen saying much of anything, and that's your competition right now. And I don't see Tua Balova saying much of anything, and that's your competition right now you better focus on those guys because, you know, come week one, that's a tough division. They're going to be coming for you, and, and they don't give a shit that you're Aaron Rodgers. They want to – Josh Allen wants to go to the Super Bowl, and, and that's his aspirations right now. He don't mind kicking the shit out of you to do that.
1: And speaking of quarterbacks, shifting focus to Tampa and how now they have to adjust to life without Tom Brady. <laughs> the headlines are Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask fighting it out for the first-string quarterback role. It's kind of a lose-lose, I feel like. And and how is Baker not just winning outright is just bananas to me. Uh, And just it's not really saving his legacy here. Do
0: you have a dog in this fight? Are you interested at all in it? I don't. It's like those are two guys that, like, if you watch their games at the same time, you would think they're the same guy, right? And so all this feels like to me. Is, uh, is Tampa Bay's tanking this year <laughs> that's what it feels like to me right. and um, if, if you're a guy like like a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans or something like that um, y- you might be going to your agent closer to the trade deadline and say get me out of here you know the only thing good about Tampa Bay right now is the weather and being uh, on, on that beautiful St. Petersburg Bay other than that that situation looks to be a mess uh, they look destined to be to have a top five pick this year. And uh, some there's some really good veterans. We, we heard about Devin White in the offseason. There were some rumblings. He might want to be out of there. Uh, you, you might hear more vets as, as we get closer to the start of the season saying, get me out of this situation. Get me to a good football team. ASAP. I cannot be hitched to Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. I can't do it. Oh, man, that's rough.
1: Rough out there for sure. Uh, the only other notes I had was that, you know, we, we – We've seen how the NFL is getting a little more lenient on on marijuana and gradually the whole nation is for that matter. But I love the Bell's Bell story talking about how he smoked marijuana before NFL games. He said, quote, I'd smoke and I'd go out there and run for 150, two touchdowns, it's kind of like a la Ricky Williams. And, and a lot of these guys who just, and, and, I, and just, Ross, I know we both dabble, but anything athletic, I don't want any part of it when I'm, when I have, Smoked or done whatever like get me no absolutely not just no so i don't know how these guys zeroed in and, and were able to do it but like Don bell you know thinking at the peak of he had some insane seasons for the steelers um i mean it doesn't taint my image of him it, it only it makes me congratulate him that much more i'm all for it and again this is the case of the, the nfl just certainly has to le- be more lenient with their drug policies it's just fucking absurd
0: yeah, I mean, even guys like in the in the NBA, Allen Iverson would admit to smoking before games. Run our tests would admit to smoking and drinking before games. Um, I, I work out six days a week. I, I I want no parts of any physical fitness after I have uh, part partaked in in, in any kind 20 of twenty
1: milligrams you know, deep and yeah, you
0: know, that, that sounds awful. You know what I did last week? I I, I took an edible and and had some Funyuns and watched Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, Pat that's. Books. And that was perfect. That's, That's what, what you I want do. to do. Yes.
1: <laughs> I want to be alone in the dark <laughs> with some onions. Make love to the funions, <laughs> Right there. Uh, the bigger news, though, Ross, is this uh, John Madden biopic. And yeah. who would be playing John Madden? Oh, who is it? Which John is Grumman? Will Ferrell. Who? Will Ferrell. Oh, Will I think Ferrell. it's confirmed as of now. It was rumored Okay. Uh, but are, are you in or out? Or, and, and I'm interested to see the makeup and everything that goes into that. Will Ferrell's getting up there at this point. You said John Goodman. And John
0: I wonder what John Goodman. Okay. I would have went John Goodman. I also would have. Uh, it's it's funny that they that you said Will Ferrell because I could have saw his uh his his counterpart in a lot of movies. John C. Riley do it. Uh, I think John C. Riley oh. would, would have crushed it as well. You but, know, him and
1: Farrell, fantastic yeah. as far as accents and, and impressions, things like that. So you could see, you know, obviously, Will Farrell did the great Harry Carey. So,
0: yeah. I just hope it's not as, um, as, as cheesy as like the Frank Caliendo bits and stuff like that, right? If you're going to do a, a John Madden biopic, I hope it's a little bit more serious. Remember, I think a lot of people forget this guy, you know, obviously. He, he's the most famous football broadcaster of all time. He's got a video game and stuff like that, and all the catchphrases like "boom" and, and all that stuff. But the guy's a hell of a head coach for the for the Raiders for a very long time. He's very successful. He was a very bright, and brilliant uh, football mind. That's the reason why he he rose to prominence and stuff like that. I mean, he was a part of my childhood. Uh, Madden and Summerall were like the peak peak number one booth for a very long time. So. Great. um i'll watch it it's it's a good idea i think the most fascinating stuff about it you could probably just do a movie on john man alone on just all the stuff that he saw on the road remember he had a fear of flying so he had the madden mobile and he would drive from all across the country from city to city where he would have his games at and he would stop in at the little rest stops and the the restaurants and and eat the food and the to and all that stuff that he found so i think that would be just like you could probably do like a mini-series of John Madden's like rest-stop stories, like a Charlie Murphy true Hollywood story, and that would be amazing.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that twist, Ross. Uh, so we shall see how that pans out. Let's switch focus to the hardwood NBA mm-hmm. Finals. Now the Nuggets and the Heat are in it for uh, the finals, which tip off Thursday, uh, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow? June 1st, 7.30 Central Time. And... Denver, again, scary good where they just have not lost at home since March, which is uh, flabbergasting and mm-hmm. probably very scary for the heat. Um, you know, Denver's scary good, and I can't say that enough. It's not just due to that altitude advantage where mm-hmm. they throughout the court. It's, it's, what, 58, 60 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Jokic is certified superstar and arguably the most talented big man in the league right now who lost an opportunity at the third straight MVP got robbed by Joel, Joel Embiid, who was also kind of deserving. But mm-hmm. uh, he's a triple-double machine, the point center with incredible dimes and shots to match. And now that supporting cast is healthy with him. And and I feel like the only thing that could bring them down would be injuries um, and just Herculean efforts by Jimmy Butler. But Jamal Murray's become one of those best premier two guards in the NBA. And he was on a tear this last series against the Lakers when they swept them. Michael Porter Jr. healthy, Aaron Gordon playing pretty good basketball at both ends of the floor. Bruce Bowen off the bench is nasty. They had the best record in the West regular season. They made quick work of each opponent so far in the playoffs. And on the other side, it's it's the underdog, which is really cool. And you see how Miami got a bit scared there towards the end uh, of that Celtics series when, it, when they forced a game seven off that ridiculous game this past uh, Saturday where, um, you know, it was a buzzer beater by the Celtics. And, and, you know, Jimmy hit three clutch free throws, which probably would have sealed it and, and saved the Celtics that, that embarrassment on their home court that was that game seven. But uh, the ultimate underdog is an eight seed, you know, from losing a play-in game to beating the Bulls to get into it and then beating the Bucks and beating New York and then beating the Celtics, the two seed, to get this far and to go back to that regular season, how terrible they were. Uh, to get to this point is really ridiculous, and and Eric Spolstra, again, sort of making that case for um, most of these coaches that are getting fired. Like, why are why are they on this short of a leash? And leash. And each franchise is very different. But Spolstra, you know, post LeBron era has really shown his chops as a um, as a coach in this league, and it's really impressive. Uh, him and Jim Butler have just willed their teams to uh, this this close to a championship at this point. So uh, what do you think of the matchup? Do you give the heat a chance at all? What are your thoughts, Ross?
0: Yeah. I mean, first off, I, I want to say it's been an awesome NBA playoffs. It's been one of the most fun NBA playoffs in a long time. Obviously we're seeing a lot of parity right now and the ratings reflected. I, I mean, the there for the first two rounds it was the eight year high in ratings and then overall, at the the playoffs, especially the last round, are up 55% from two years ago. So, obviously, everybody loves playoffs this year. It's been fun. It's been exciting. If you saw that last second shot from Derek White on Saturday night, that was just like, an, like a holy shit moment. Like if you're sitting on the sofa watching there on a bar somewhere. Um, but, you know, looking forward to this matchup here. um I think Miami's been an awesome story. I think it speaks to the continuity that you have from the top between Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. Remember, Eric Spolstra was Pat Riley's hand-picked guy after Riley fired uh, Stan Van Gunny years ago and then took over for him, and then he got a little too old to coach, and he picked Spolstra. And Spolstra, speaking to your point about getting the quick acts – Um, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, those guys, they tried to run Spolstra out of town and they went to Pat Riley and said, you need to fire this guy. It's not going to work out. And and Pat Riley showed up in practice one day and said, this is my coach and this is your coach. If you don't like it, you can get your asses out of here. And since then, I think that really empowered Spolstra and and he has the back of a Hall of Fame person pat riley has won rings as a as a coach as a as a uh as, as an executive you know he's he's been amazing um and so there's a, there's a high level of culture in miami that starts with those guys and trickles down to the players they're tough they're gritty they're very smart they're um they 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 pay attention obviously and they really study their their opponent very well with that said um Denver in five. <laughs> Denver in five games. This is an absolutely brutal matchup for the Miami. He just because Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now, he is seven feet tall. He is 270 pounds. He can dribble the basketball. He brings the ball at the court. He you look up at the end of the first quarter, he has 13 rebounds, 10 points, and seven assists. Like he is just has. His finger on the pulse of every single basketball game, but just isn't a guy on Miami right now that can deal with that. Bam Adebayo is a very good defender, but he cannot keep with Jokic. You try and double Jokic, he's going to find the open shooter. And these guys are knocking down jump shots. You want to play that zone that like you played against Boston, and it really gave Boston fits. Jokic is going to shoot over that. He's going to pass over that. He's going to absolutely dissect you on the court. And then you couple that with the fact that he's been off. He hasn't played basketball in a week. He's been chilling at home, relaxing with his family. He's got rested legs, um, which is great for a big guy like him. Miami just got out of a dogfight of a seven game series, and now they have to hop on a plane and go to Denver. And, like you said, you've been to Denver, I've been to Denver. That altitude is brutal. It really, really attacks your lungs, especially this time of year where it's a lot warmer than normal. And um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the for Miami Heat. They're banged up right now. There's still no Tyler Herro out there. He's hurt. He might play in game three. Jimmy Butler looks tired at the end of that Celtics run. Gabe Vincent has been hurt. Um, Cal Lowry is 75 years old. Um, yeah, you know, Kevin Love Love will play sometimes, unplay sometimes, like like the Miami Heat. This is a really tough matchup for them. I just don't know how they're able to make it a series, um, unless they hit all their threes. Like, and that's going to be where it comes down to. They're just going to have to jack up a bunch of threes and they're going to have to hit them. But even then, Denver's been shooting lights out, Jamal Murray's been shooting lights out, and you know. Caldwell Pope has been shooting lights out. Michael Porter Jr. has been their third best player. He's shooting right now, like prime Klay Thompson. This just feels like Denver's year. And I think that's really good for the NBA. You get a a team that that we're not accustomed to seeing win. You get a a, a superstar because Jokic is a superstar. He's a two-time MVP, should have been third-time MVP. This guy is one of the, the 10 best offensive players of all time, in my opinion. And he deserves this moment. I don't want to hear about LeBron James anymore. I don't want to hear about anything else. It should be all about Jokic right now. And let him have this moment. Please give him that opportunity to uh, to go out there and, and be one of the new faces of the league. Because we got to get used to LeBron not playing in the next year or two anyway. So this is really great for the league.
1: It's uh, outstanding for the league, and it's been a long time coming with the Joker now. He's 28, and and what a steal for Denver he was to see him do this and, and has already won a couple of MVPs, and then injuries have stood in his way, but now we've talked about LeBron at length and Steph Curry, and their legacies are already cemented. It's time for some new legacies and some new blood um, in both conferences, for that matter, which you're seeing the Celtics do, and now – uh, the Heat are those powers, and and the Lakers kind of going out now. You see Denver, um, Memphis, if they could get their shit together, might be in that conversation as well. But the Nuggets are just so incredibly impressive, and like you talked about at the beginning of this segment, Bam Adebayo is such a big key to the Heat not winning the series, but making it competitive. And defensively, he'll show up. He's a good rim protector. But that's where it ends. He can't contribute offensively. And the Heat lived or died by, you know, Jimmy Butler's jump shots. And then the rest of the team and Max Struis and Gabe Davis and everybody else shooting threes. And I don't know why Kevin Love is there. At this point, you think he would be pretty key as would Kyle Lowry, uh, that that would be the edge, would be these guys now stepping up and maybe that's their ace up the sleeve. Maybe these guys are ready and, and a Kevin Love or a Kyle Lowry. I, I don't, I don't know if I see it the way Kevin Love played in this last series, as well as Kyle Lowry and his old ass um, who are both, you know, really sought after free agency would think too. But now uh, it's like you said, they're, they're going to have to shoot lights out to compete. And that altitude is no joke. We heard LeBron talk about it. We heard, heard all these other players talk about it. So you'd think, just coming from if they can manage to win one of those games, that's their best shot. And then taking it back to Miami. But even that Miami fan base is so lethargic and Denver seems to travel so well, it's not really a factor. Right. And part of me, I'm, I'm very torn. And if you have an opinion about it, please chime in on the comments or tweet at us. But, but I'm torn when a team like Miami comes in and they played seven games and they have a bit of momentum you know, albeit the momentum was not their way for those you know few games prior to Game Seven where they won, but they're playing basketball more consistently. They don't have this time to think about things and relax, where Denver does have well over a week to prepare for Miami uh, and and rest. So they're still underdogs. I'm with you. Denver in five would be the smart way to go. It could maybe be six games, maybe. You know, Miami shocks, shocks the, the nation and, and the world for that matter and wins one in Denver, but it looks like it'll be quick work for the Denver Nuggets. And and I'm all for it. As much as I want to see Jimmy win one, and I think he got a raw deal with um, the other teams he's played with, especially here in Chicago, and and it could be his time as well. It's going to take a Herculean effort from him. And let's not forget about the shit talking that Jimmy has done throughout this too, like starting – Two and five, and saying, you know, we're going to the championship, and guaranteeing that that tennis player tickets to the finals before you know they even got in the playing game. Like he'll he'll back his shit up, but this is a buzzsaw that they they don't want any part of. That will be the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I I just want a bit of a competitive series, but I don't know if I see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we we, we praise Eric Spoelstra, but Mike Malone is a very underrated coach yeah. in this league as well, and he's been absolutely phenomenal um, throughout, the years, playoffs, right? yeah, throughout the, the playoffs. Yeah, throughout the playoffs. Yep, yep, and uh, he's been terrific. He's also been a terrific soundbite throughout the playoffs. So this is also his time. Um, you know, remember this is also two teams. They only played twice this year, and one of those games actually was a fight between Jokic and Jimmy Butler, and, and it got pretty nasty. And, and Jimmy said some things that I won't repeat on this telecast right now. Um, it's but, a family program. Yeah, but basically wanted Jokic to step outside in the parking lot, and then Jokic is <laughs> Jokic will step outside in the parking lot too. Remember, he's got those crazy brothers that sit up in the stands, right. and and they wanted to take out one of the Morris twins, and yeah, and and cool. so this could be really chippy here starting tomorrow night. And I think that's the only way Miami can make this a series that they've they got to muck it up and make it really chippy. They got to bang Jokic around. Uh, they got to knock him off his spot. They got to frustrate him and make him get some cheap fouls and make him try and turn the ball over. I just think he's too focused right now. But, um, you know, if anybody could do it, I, I think it's a Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler-led team. I just think they don't they, – they're they've been playing with house money all playoffs since the Bulls were up by like three points. With with three minutes left in, in the fourth quarter of a play of play-in game. A lot of people think that Miami we wouldn't even be here if, if Giannis doesn't get hurt in that first round series. Um, I think Boston really shit the bed. I, I, I that's a whole different conversation during the offseason about what they're gonna do with that situation. Um, but you know, it's 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 Denver's time. And um, you know, it, it, you know, Miami, thanks for showing up. Thanks for playing. Like I said, I just don't think. I don't see how the series can extend past five games. The, the Nuggets won in Phoenix to, to take them out. That's a very tough, hostile crowd with a good team. They won in L.A. to take them out. Another tough, hostile crowd. I, I Those little linen white shirts in Miami, That that's not scaring Jokic. <laughs> he doesn't care if fucking DJ Khaled and Derek Jeter are sitting on the sidelines. He's going to take your team out. He does not care.
1: The, the Sambor shuffle. He's, he's right. hilarious to yes. watch. Uh, and those brothers don't play. They were going right at Jack Nicholson, poor old Jack <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Lakers court. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And so we can talk about the loser of the Eastern conference finals and what a conundrum it is for the Celtics at this point. And, and both Tatum and, and Brown, and it's worth mentioning Jason Tatum was a, a shell of himself. He tried to gut it out, but you could tell in that game seven, he hit his limit and Jalen Brown, was the guy who should have picked it up and the rest of these role players, you know, you sign Al Horford for this reason, or you have him on the the team for that reason. But between Brown and Tatum, both being due, you know, with the, the, these max deals, something like $600 million. Do you keep it together and just run it back and try to make it work at this point? or, are you hoping that uh, I know you, you? speculated some, you know, DeRozan for Jalen Brown trades, or some, uh, some that may not be close to home. I mean, I would, I would also take that, Ross. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts for the two of them and, and Celtics going forward?
0: Yeah, they're in a tough spot because I think a lot of people forget that the NBA, uh, you know, came out with this tax apron uh, that it's going to take into effect next year, and they put a lot of stipulations behind. If you're significantly over the salary cap and you start playing, paying that big luxury tax. You can't do a lot of things. You can't um, you can't sign mid level guys. You can't uh, trade certain guys. You can't you know do certain signings. And, and they start taxing you. You can't trade draft picks up to years in advance. They really put a lot of stipulations. They're trying to they're trying to stop the whole Golden State Warriors thing, which I completely disagree with. Um, because I, I feel like if you drafted a bunch of guys and they're good, you should not be punished for paying those guys that you drafted and developed. That doesn't make any sense to me, right? But if, if the if the if a baseball team drafted and develops seven guys and they're great and they want to give them all hundred million dollar contracts, there's no penalty for that in in baseball. There's a little luxury tax, but there's nothing else behind that. So I, I disagree with what the NBA is doing there. But what that means is now because uh, Jalen Brown made second team All NBA, he's eligible for a supermax, and so you have two guys now who are eligible for a supermax, and they're going to get it which means you're going to be paying total $600 million to two basketball players throughout the duration of their contract, which really puts you in a tough spot because that only leaves you about $60, $75 million a year to fill out the rest of your roster. So you can't afford the Marcus Smarts of the world and the Al Horfords of the world and the Robert Williams of the of the world and stuff like that. You're, you're essentially, you got two stars and then you got a bunch of G League guys around you. That's where the league is trending to right now. And because of that, I don't know if Boston wants to do that. I don't think if they, I don't think they think they can win with a Tatum Brown combo and a bunch of dues. And so I do think that they um, they will eventually uh, trade Jalen Brown. I think they will break up that duel. I think they'll find a cheaper option if they can. Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation out there that they might want to trade uh, for maybe the second or third overall pick. You look at Portland right now. That Portland has uh, what do they have, like third overall pick or something like that? Um, you know, why why would they want that pick when Dame when when Dame Lillard is is old, right? He he's not gonna be around really to see that player get good. Maybe you flip that for Jalen Brown right now and, and you make a run for it if you're Portland. That's a win-win for both teams. So they got a lot of decisions to make. They also have a lot of decisions to make about the head coach who was clearly in over his heels. Uh, you know, he got out coached by Eric Spolscha. Um, so you know, we'll see. There's going to be a lot of movement going on in NBA in, in the NBA this year because a lot of teams are going to try and get under that tax apron because these owners are not going to want to pay that tax and get penalized and not have a championship team uh, out there on the floor. Yeah,
1: interesting point there, Ross. Um, and just not, not showing up for the Celtics and and Joe Mazzulla could could certainly be gone in this offseason. We know that it was only one season, but uh, a very young coach, uh, you know, to to one point, I would give him credit for getting to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Celtics, but um, but not so sure with the parity in the league, for sure. Uh, as we finish up the show, Ross, summer blockbusters. Yeah. How about it? I come to disappoint you on two fronts, though. I, I did not watch the succession finale yet. Ooh. If you want to say your piece, I will step away. Just give me the thumbs up when you're done. I will take the headphones off. <laughs> and <laughs> number two, which which may be even more egregious, is I still have not seen the first Spider-Verse movie.
0: Oh my goodness. And,
1: uh, yeah, dude. I I don't know. It just never came up on a streamer for me or something. And it's just it's I well for the summer blockbuster tip, I I finally watched like Quantumania. That's the most recent Marvel movie yeah. that I've watched. Yes. The AMA one with with a big chunk of um of Kang the Conqueror in there. And I like Jonathan Majors in it, by the way, as, as Kang. He's he's really a good villain, and it certainly sets up a lot for that character. Um, but yes, I I I bid adieu to Succession. I saw the Barry finale. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've not seen Succession, but I heard it, it ties up a lot.
0: It is um it was awesome. It they they landed the plane very well. It is quickly turning okay. into Let me take hands off. We'll no, 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 no. and There's no spoilers. There no spoilers. So I think I know a lot of people – You know, a lot of people – It's funny because how for, how for as great as the show is, I still think there's a, a low amount of people that have watched it in comparison to the other shows like your Sopranos, Mad Men, The Wire, Breaking Bad, that's so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, um, we didn't
1: – You know, you didn't have what we have available at those times. So, yeah, you had – That's it. <laughs> true.
0: That's true. Um, it has it is, it is probably crept into my top three of all time. It, it, it is that good. I will do a rewatch over the winter – of the, of the show in its entirety, but absolutely phenomenal shout out to Jesse Armstrong, who is a, a British writer who basically um, that was his, that was his indictment on, on American culture and our news media outlet and, and all the mistakes and stuff that we make and, and how to address how a kingdom gets passed on, stuff like that. It was absolutely phenomenal. So you know, shout out to them um, into the spider verse. Go watch that. We had, we own it because my kid has watches it like six times a week. Um, so the sequel's coming out this Saturday. We, as a family, have our tickets. We're going to go see it. Sa- yeah. It actually comes out tomorrow. We're going to go see it on Saturday. Um, I ex- I'm excited. It already has a 97 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that it ever matters, but everybody's saying it is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I love the summer blockbuster season. I like the original movies. Um, I you can hard pass for me on the uh, on the uh, the the Fast and the Furious bullshit. I think those movies have been bad for a long time um so you know hard pass for me
1: cold following yeah
0: sounds. but there's some movies that i'm super excited to see this summer i think probably number one for me um you know christopher nolan Anytime christopher nolan makes a movie i'm all in oppenheimer, uh, oppenheimer is coming out you know that's going to be huge obviously the the spider-verse movie is going to be huge as well um i'm intrigued by the Indiana Jones movie just because I'm trying to see how Harrison Ford did not die making this movie. He's like 89 years old. Um, and then number one for me, what has turned into, I think, the most exciting franchise over the last couple of years, um, Tom Cruise and that Mission Impossible franchise. There and it is. Absolutely awesome. It's phenomenal. He's got Dead Reckoning Part 1 um, as they try to wrap up this entire series. Uh, the last one with Harry Ken Cavill was absolutely amazing. We already know that that Tom Cruise is doing his, all his own stunts, doesn't want anything CGI'd. He's as authentic as possible when it comes to making action movies. And I just know that this Dead Reckoning is going to be like, give me an IPA in the movies, give me a big tub of popcorn, and let's go. It's going to be phenomenal.
1: Yeah, that away. I do, uh, on the Marvel tip, have to see the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Into this trilogy, that one I know a lot of people have... Uh, really loved it and how it ties things together for for that franchise. And one of the best trilogies, you know, compare it to Avengers and, and Iron Man and all the ones that have come before it. Um, you know, on the comedy tip, like the, the Machine, I don't know how you feel about sure. Bert Kreischer, but that has one of the, I think it's the, the writer from Pineapple Express or one of them. Uh, you know, he's peaking at a good time. He got Mark Hamill to play his father. So that's got some... Um, some potential there for sure and and more indie is asteroid city which just mm-hmm. has you know, another wes anderson project anderson. Yep. where he has just an insane cast which is so common for his movies yep. but to have all of these these actors is nuts they have jason schwartzman who's in every one i feel like scarlett johansson tom hanks jeffrey wright tilda swinton brian cranston edward norton adrian brody leave shriver steve carell margot Roby. And Willem Dafoe, and I'm probably sure I missed Bill Murray or someone in there too. Sure. Um, it, it should be very entertaining. I love visually what his movies bring to uh, to the table as well. But Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible, they look like kind of one A, one B for visual spectacles um, out, outside too. As is, is, uh, Spider Verse, of course. Once I see the the old one, I will see the new one. But uh, but it's it's here, and, and well. it's it's, it's it's uh, starting off with bang with these Marvel movies and, uh, and Spider-Verse and Guardians, right?
0: And It, it is. And, and let me tell you, Evan, I am um, 100% confident in my manhood to tell you that I am also excited to see Barbie when that comes out. Um, if you saw the trailer, it's awesome. Greta Gerwig, cast, Greta Gerwig does not miss in her movies. She is a terrific director. Noah Baumbach is a is, uh, co-writer who's got some Oscars. And You talked about the cast. Margot Robbie, yeah. Ryan Gosling, Helen Mirren, John Cena, Will Ferrell, uh Simu Liu, Michael, Sarah, Kate McKinnon is in this Dua Lipa is in this movie. Rhea Roman, right, yeah. yep, real Perman, Issa Rae, America Ferrera. Holy cow, that is a cast. I'm all yeah, in for Barbie. Cool. It comes out the same day as Oppenheimer, so we might have to do a a, a double a double feature there of uh, wow. nuclear war. And then uh, old, old, old old classic <laughs> yeah. toys that are that are non pliable body parts. <laughs> uh,
1: I like that. A good uh, soundtrack for not only um, Barbie, but then you know that was a big appeal of the the um, Into the Spider Verse too was I think it's Metro Boomin who, who yes, curated the curated the soundtrack. So that'll be fun. It and is. then it's... TV tip Black Mirror coming out in a couple yes. of weeks.
0: I uh, enjoy that weirdness. Yeah, Speaking of that soundtrack from the first movie, I didn't know this until today. today, um, The Wallflower song from the first Into the Spider-Verse movie with Pulse Malone and Sway Lee. 17 million copies sold of that song. It is one of the uh, 20 biggest songs of all time. Huge, huge hit.
1: No kidding. Uh, Heart Foundation asked, what do you guys think of
0: Flash? You interested or not?
1: I know you're you're big into DC to I an extent. DC.
0: I yeah. am big into CC. I, I, I am obviously, nuts? Uh, That's nuts. Right. I'm obviously like a lot of people turned off by Ezra Miller and all the stuff that happened with him throughout the making of this movie, but I'll still watch it. That's probably something I might see when it comes out on streaming. Um, I am a little over all these multiverse movies that they're coming out with. It's a, it's another yeah. multiverse back in time, you know, changing this tangent and stuff like that. I, I think we got to get a little bit of a, a new identity with, a, with these superhero movies and get away from these, uh, these multiverse kind of things that were going on right now. I, I, I was, I couldn't stand that Ant-Man movie. I, I thought it was absolutely atrocious. Um, if I did not have weed, I probably would not have finished that movie. That's how bad it was. I, all these movies with the terrible CGI and stuff like that, it looks like a cheap video game. I, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, it gets brutal for sure.
1: Um, and it goes without saying, too, With the, you know in Hollywood in general, with the writer's strike going on into his second month, hopefully that will be resolved soon because mm-hmm. none of these outstanding shows and movies would, would be there without the fine writers behind them. I feel like the TV is getting a little more press but it's affected everyone from you know uh, from law and order to the shy here locally and Mm -hmm. and just a glimpse of the dedication of picketing by the way is nuts and and from the hollywood reporter i saw earlier it was quote picketing shifts often begin and or persist overnight to ensure that their lines won't be crossed to counter these efforts some productions have circulated call sheets featuring incorrect call times and in the case of billions for example have bus crew members to set potentially to ease their way across the picket lines and allow them some anonymity. It's it's crazy, and they're losing hundreds of thousand dollars uh, a day to these uh, strikes right now. So give the writers what they deserve, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll leave you with this, Ross. Um, yep. uh, I know you. Uh, I know you saw this, and I know the answer to to Josh Hart's question. Have you all ever tasted <sighs> y'all significant other's oh, breast milk? Asking for a friend. He was asking for himself. Never
0: asking for it. himself. No hard pass. No, you
1: never tasted it. Do you, you know how it. good breast milk is for <laughs> you? you know how quickly your hangover will dissipate? You know how good your skin will look. You know why they the the uh, Hollywood socialites take the breast milk baths or whatever or do the facials. A no. hard pass.
0: Hard pass. I love my wife. There is a like certain milk. I
1: don't like the taste of it, but a I was certain boundary a bath that,
0: bath that we, yep, a certain boundary we don't cross. It's Breast milk. It's sharing toothbrushes. I'm, I'm out on both. I don't <laughs> want to
1: share toothbrushes. That shit is gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're out of time. Thank you for everybody uh, for listening in. And of course, watching us on YouTube live here. And remember if you've missed any of the show, it can be found on Spotify, on iTunes. And remember to catch all the Mac and Reed shows there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Everybody have a great weekend and enjoy the nba finals and whatnot we'll be back next week for uh more discussions more hot topics be good to each other out there so long everybody peace